Ladies and gentlemen, good morning. Uh, thank you so much for making it here today. Before I get started, though, please remain standing because we're going to do something a little different. I want to first of all thank Pastor Trey and Pastor Kerry for giving me the opportunity to serve in this house. See, serving God is a privilege. Coming into the presence of God, finding opportunities to sow into the lives of others is not a sacrifice. It is a privilege. So if you're in this house and you haven't had any opportunity to serve, maybe you're really stressed out or stuff, find that time. Because you cannot owe God. When you serve, God has no other choice but to take care of you and everything else happening in your life. But more than that, I just want to thank them because they are wonderful people. I've known them for a really short time. Please give them a round of applause. They have been wonderful so far. So, and I'm very grateful to God for this opportunity. All right. So my name is Buki Oyedeji. It's a short form of a very long African name. The first name is Olubukwala, which literally means God has increased my wealth. It's a full sentence. In our culture, when we name our kids, we name our kids based on the circumstances that we're in with a positive twist, what you hope for right? So maybe you're not really doing well financially. You have a baby. You, you name that child wealth. You speak it into their life. And what's interesting is that this is actually very related to what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get started, let's remember, let's remind ourselves again of the God that we serve. Woo. We've had a wonderful time of worship this morning. And I absolutely love standing in God's presence and reminding myself about him and saying back to him the things that are his attributes towards him. And it's easy to forget, isn't it? You have a new baby and then you're waking up every two hours, you're feeding the baby, you're running up and down, and all of a sudden, you don't even have time to pray, right? Things begin to happen to you, you drive to work, somebody cuts you off, yeah, you loved Jesus when you were leaving church, but as you were driving, they cut you off, and then you're like, ah! <laughs> Variations of F words want to come out of your mouth. <laughs> I don't swear, but man, people swear, <laughs> Right? This happens, and, and, and all of that iffiness of life, it's easy to get so caught up with the things that are going on that you forget the greatness of the God that you serve. We're going to take a moment now and just remind ourselves of how big this God is. I have a few examples that I normally use, but the one that has been consuming my mind recently is what I found out while I was watching a random video of what, how theoretical physicists think about time. Do you know that theoretical physicists, people who have PhDs in God knows what, in measuring the universe and all of that, have been able to show that the past is not distinguishable from the future, mathematically. Mathematically, there is no barrier, there is no wall for, that stops you from being able to go back into the past to figure out what's going on there, to fix what's going on in there. And they are all awed by it. More importantly, they are confused by the fact that mathematically this is possible, but physically we can't. Oh, but they forget. They forget that we have a God who resides outside of the concept of time. They forget we have a God who has existed. They call him the ancient of days, the God over all gods, the rock of ages that never fails, the eternal God, the rock of ages, the God who knows yesterday, who knows today, who knows tomorrow, the God that they are realizing can reach into the past and fix whatever might have happened there. Why? 
because time is inconsequential to him. People of God, close your eyes, raise up your voice, and begin to praise this God that we serve. Begin to honor him. Whatever it is that he's done in your life before, whatever it is, what miracle, whatever it was that caught your attention about him, that caused you to come here today, I want you to just continue to pray. As I'm asking you to pray, I want you to start praying because I'm just going to keep talking, right? I'm not going to shut up. So just start thanking God right now. Think about one attribute of God that means so much to you, that delivered you. Think about the moment you gave your life to Christ. What was it that moved you, that caused you to come into his presence? I want you to take that thing right now and worship him and give him praise. The rock of ages that never fails. The ancient of days. King of glory, we worship you. Prince of peace, we adore you. God of all gods, king of all kings, the one who has the hearts of men in his hands. And like a river, you turn it in whatever direction you desire. Nothing, nothing is impossible unto you. There is nothing that you cannot do. Nothing is impossible unto you. There is nothing that you cannot turn around. You are God and you reign on high. You are God and you reign forever. You are God and you are God and you are God over every situation, every circumstance, every issue, every problem, every sickness, every human. We worship you, God of gods. We adore you, Prince of Peace. Unto you, unto you alone, shall the gathering of your people be. We praise your holy name. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. Praise the Lord. We may be seated, people of God. All right. So I'm going to start off by saying, if you're here today, you're not here by accident. For real, you are not. I called you forth. I stood in the place of prayer all week and I began to declare concerning every individual affiliated with the exchange church that needs to be here today to hear a word in due season. Lord, I call them forth in the name of Jesus. I call them forth from the north, from the south, from the east, wherever they may be. Lord, let them be in church today. I broke every stronghold of Netflix. Every desire to go fishing, every desire to go to a game, I broke them down in the name of Jesus. I said, you'll be here today. To receive your word in due season. Why? Because the word of God is living. The word of God is active. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit. And it judges the intents of the heart. God's word is powerful. And people of God, I'm here today to tell us, to discuss with us how we can engage with that word more effectively in our day-to-day lives to begin to craft and create the life that God wants for us. So I'm issuing a disclaimer first and foremost. When you live here today, you will never be the same again. When you live here today, you will have a strong desire to just study the word. You'll be like, oh, let me see what's happening on Facebook. You'll be like, no, I want to read the Bible. You'll be like, oh, let me see what's going on on Instagram. You'll be like, no, I want to listen to this preacher. Let me listen to what Pastor Trey preached last week. Let me listen to what they were, what was taught and awakened on Wednesday. That's what's going to, God is going to increase this desire on the inside of you for the word of God because you're going to see how real, how powerful, how practical it is and how necessary it is for our lives here on earth. So without much further ado, we're going to start off reading our first um, key verse today, which is in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. I don't really have a title for this message, but if there were a title, I would probably call it Living by the Word by Praying the Word, something to that effect. 
right? That's what I, what I have to call it. But like literally living by the word. So we're going to read Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3, but our emphasis is going to be on the lower part of that verse, okay? I should issue one, more, one or two more disclaimers, but although you guys have already witnessed that already. Clearly, I speak with an accent. <gasps> what does that mean? That means I speak the English language very fluently. My mom was an English teacher. I did really well. I scored A's in all my English classes. But I speak it with a different set of rules, thanks to the British people. All right? So you guys speak English too. So what that means is that it might be a little difficult to hear me sometimes, but that's not even the real problem. The real problem is that after a while, as I'm speaking, I get super excited about what I'm talking about, and then I begin to talk fast. When I begin to talk fast, and you can't hear what I'm saying, please put up your hand. <laughs> no, for real. This is nothing new at all. I'm a professor at UT, and I teach undergrads. So when Pastor Kerry was saying, encourage me, that's fine. Even if you, would, if you don't want to, I'm already okay with it. I already have students sleeping in, in my class. 23-year-olds <laughs> falling asleep because they parted last night. So nothing new about that, right? All right, so... So if I'm speaking too fast and you can't hear me, well, please do let me know. Because the goal today is to be able to communicate, right? To convey an idea, to share ideas within ourselves. And I don't want to just run, 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 and then you don't hear me, and then it's kind of pointless. It will not be pointless in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, our emphasis will be at the bottom. It says, I'm reading from the NIV version. It says, he humbled you. This was when... Moses was talking to the Israelites, and they were discussing and reviewing what had gone on <clears throat> during their journey through the wilderness. He said, he humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known. So the Israelites had gone through a hard journey, and he was trying to help them make sense of it. And that happens to us sometimes, right? Stuff is happening, and you're like, why? Why was I born into this situation? Why was my body formed this way? Why was I born to these parents? Why couldn't I have had a dad that was like ex's dad? Why couldn't I have had a mom that just loved Jesus? Why did I happen to be where that thing happened? How come my own situation appears to be extreme compared to everyone else? And we all struggle with making sense of trauma, of trouble, of challenges that we faced. The comfort that we have as followers of Christ, those who have chosen to live their lives by the ethics espoused by this man called Jesus Christ, is that we have hope. Irrespective of what we've gone through in the past, we have a future, we have a hope. We are not bound to that past. We serve a God who can reach into the ethers of time and fix whatever the consequences are in your life right now. Remember the theoretical physicists who are like, the past is not distinguishable from the, from the present. But we don't know why we can't just go back to when I was five years old and fix whatever situation that happened, right? But that's not the focus of our sermon today. I just wanted to throw that out as an encouragement to someone. That the Israelites were kind of going through this situation too. And here was Moses helping them to make sense of it. Let's have the, the verse back up. So Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3 says, to teach, no, let's start from the beginning again. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Hmm. Jesus quoted the same scripture during temptation, didn't he? 
He was like, man does not read, live by bread alone, but by every word, every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. And there are many different ways to interpret this, right? Am I right? You can interpret God, and that's what's amazing about God's word. You can, as you meditate on it and you brood on it through the Holy Spirit, you can begin to get different layers of meanings from it. Man shall not live by bread alone, right? Literally, you can't. Imagine you changed your diet and you decided all what you were going to eat was just bread. Huh? <laughs> Amusing, right? What will happen? Right? There are certain diseases you've never heard of where you have too much carbohydrate. It's called kwashoko. Maybe some of you have heard about it. But you really cannot live on bread alone. Literally, right? But you could take it to another level and say, what that verse is saying is that man shall, cannot, or man shall not live by bread alone. Meaning you can't just live by just physical nutrition alone. You can't just say, okay, I'm going, my life is going to be successful. All I have to take care of is just my physical nutrition. No, you have other needs. You have emotional needs. You have relational needs. You have spiritual needs, even though you may not know it, right? And then you can also move on from that and say, oh, Man shall not live by bread alone. Bread just means physical needs, things that you need to live on this earth, right? Tangible needs. But there are spiritual needs as well that we have, right? And then finally, you can come to this one which says, man shall not live. You shift your emphasis away from the bread on live. What does live mean? Breathe in and out. Oh, but live, flourish. And that's the version that we're going to be talking about today. Man shall not live, shall not flourish by bread alone, by physical means alone, Ooh, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. Remember the God that we serve, the God that knows no limitation, the one who declares a thing and it is established, the one who is incapable of lying. If he says it, it is established. All of creation will rearrange itself. Atoms and neutrons and God knows what else will reconsider themselves and come together to make and bring to fruition that which the Lord has spoken. Man shall not live by bread alone or by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. So the emphasis here is that we as humans, particularly as followers of Christ, are brought up, we are trained, we are designed to live a certain way. Not just by physical resources, the things you can do in your power and your might, but by the word of God as well. So if we are to flourish on this earth that God has brought us to, then we have to live by the principles of the word, by the word itself. And we'll get deeper into that in, in a bit. So let's, let's go back to that. By the word of God. So why, why, is this, why is it important? Let's go back to Genesis chapter 1. When God created the heavens and the earth. Let's read that. I love, love, love that scripture. I love reading. It says, in the beginning. At the very beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. And it's so easy to walk away from the heavens. I'm going to have to control myself. Oh, people of God. Okay. Let's be focused on this. Disciplined now. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit, God. The power arm of God. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The God of resurrection. The very life force of God. And the spirit of God was hovering, brooding, overshadowing 
over the waters. And God said, Oof! Let there be light. Brooklyn. And there was light. God said, let there be light. And there was light. There was no darkness that was going to withstand that light. The Bible says in the book, in the book of John chapter 1, in, in him was life. The life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness and darkness cannot comprehend it. And no work of Satan, no work of the devil can can manifest where the light is. And the light comes when God speaks a word. Right? Isn't that amazing? Such power that he has made available unto us. And that's what we're going to talk about next. So God created the world by the word of his mouth. You guys know the rest of that story. For some of us who may not be familiar with the Bible, it's in the book of Genesis chapter 1. The very first book of the Bible where you crack it open. We have apps for the Bibles too, so you can also read it on an app, right? So we know that God created the heavens and the earth by his word. I think it was Hebrews chapter 11, let me see what. Yeah, Hebrews eleven three that says, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen, oof, what is seen, that which you can touch, that which you can feel, that which is of this physical realm was not created. Oh, I can't see properly. Hold on. What is seen was not made out of what was visible. Right? But it was made from the invisible. The Bible says in another verse, I don't remember exactly where it says. Says it now, it says. The things that are seen, the things that you can touch, they are temporal. The things that are not seen, oof, they are eternal. I forgot to acknowledge these two beautiful people that are a part of my life that God has grown me by for a lot for since for the past 13 years. Please help me acknowledge my wonderful daughter, Audrey, and my son, Andrew. The reason why I remember now them now is because there's an example, there's a thing I taught them when they were younger, right? When they were, they were like two and three or three and four, I don't know, whatever age, but they were really less than five. And I was trying to teach them a lesson about how not to take the things that they see in the world too seriously. So I grabbed, gave them a sheet of paper and I said, draw a table. And then they drew it. I was like, yay. And I took the table and then I shredded it into pieces. <gasps> and they were like, oh. And they were going to get upset about it. I was like, why are you getting upset about it? Then I brought out another sheet of paper and gave it to them. I said, draw a table. And they drew it. Can anyone erase this table from their minds? No. The things that are seen are it. The things that are seen are temporal. The things that are not seen are eternal. There is a realm of the spirit that controls the tangible realm that we live in today. And if we understand that, nothing that happens in your physical world, that happens in your family, that happens in your body will bother you as much as it's ever done in the past. And this is what the scripture was telling us, especially in Hebrews chapter 11. That the things, the visible worlds that we see, were created by the word of God. God is the creator. He creates by the word. Let's see what he has to say concerning us. Let's look at Genesis chapter. Whew, Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. It says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky 
over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. There's a lot in this verse, but we're going to ignore most of it and just focus on this particular part. Let's bring it up again. That says, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. I'm looking at all these young people here. Do you know what that means? Literally, you are a splitting image of God. The God who rules over the affairs of men. The God who rules over all the earth. The God who obtains, who rules in the heavens as well. The one who raised the dead. The one who heals. The one who restores. You are made in his image. So what does that mean for us? If God is a creator, we are creators, right? If we're created in his image and his likeness, the power that is available to him is available to us, right? So then, why is it that we live our daily lives sometimes as defeated? Why are we subjected in misery, in pain, in stress to the things that are seen, that are temporal? If the very same spirit that dwells in Jesus Christ dwells on the inside of us. If the power that was made available to him that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in us. God said, let us make mankind in his image. In our image, I mean. In our likeness. You know, something can be in the image of something and it just looks like it. But then he added likeness, meaning we are as he is. The Bible says, ye are God's children of the most high, right? And if this is the case then, how do we begin to engage, wield, use, deploy this power that is available to us, seeing that we have been made in the image and in the likeness of God? Sounds far-fetched, eh? Let's see. All right. So, we are co-creators with God. We saw two components when God was creating the heavens and the earth. There was the spirit of God who was brooding over the surface of the deep, right? And then God said, he spoke a word. And then creation occurred. If we are created in his image and his likeness, then we too are creators. We are created in his image. And if we are in his likeness, then more than likely, when we create, we also create through our words. But is it just any words though? Maybe. Maybe not. We'll see what the word of God has to say about it. Now if the words that we speak is able to create the life that we need, how do we begin to ensure that this happens in our lives, right? We saw this in the example at creation. We also saw it with Mary. I think Mary's story was in Luke, Luke chapter 1 verse 3. Remember? The angel came. Poor girl. Five years old. Look at how conservative that society was at the time. She's just minding her business, following Jesus, God, as much as she could, Yahweh or whatever they were using at the time. And then an angel shows up and says, you're going to have a baby, girl. You're like, what? Oh, you're going to have a baby. Uh, but excuse me, maybe there's an issue here. I'm not married. Yeah, that doesn't matter. The spirit of God is going to show up and brood over you. And then you will conceive a child. And his name shall be Jesus and they're literally telling me, as a Mary, as a whatever, 15-year-old, 16-year-old, I don't know how old she is. 
she was that she's going to have a baby without being married. Oh, but Mary was a woman of God. If I were the one, I know exactly what I would say. I say, excuse me, first of all, I don't really like stress. And I don't even know whether you've ever seen my father before. My daddy is very strict. May his soul rest in peace. And I'm not about to have any encounter with this man. Please take your message. Go next door. There's another 15-year-old there that could do this job. But Mary said, be it unto me. Oof. According to your word. Mary agreed with the word that was spoken to her. And then the Bible says that the spirit of God came and brooded over her, overshadowed her. <gasps> the same word that was used in Genesis chapter 1. Where the spirit of God was hovering or brooding over the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. In the same way, Mary was there. A word came to her. She agreed with it. The spirit of God overshadowed her. And she conceived of a child that we now know to be the word of God. To be the seed of God. Right? That gives us an inclination as to how to begin to enact or bring to reality the things that God wants us to have, own, step into. How God wants us to flourish in the life that we live today. I submit to you ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that we have to consciously agree with the word of God, with what God has said concerning you. In every situation and circumstance, irrespective of what the physical things may say. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So what we're going to do today in the next 10 minutes, God help us, <laughs> is to put into practice this principle that I've just shared with us. Remember. God is the creator. He created by the word of his mouth, right? We are created in the image and likeness of God. We create by the words of our mouth. And it isn't just any word that we are going to get to change our world with. It's necessary for us to change our world because there is sin, right? There was the fall. And so anxiety, sickness, worry, trouble, all kinds of ish that you might be experiencing right now came into the world as a result of that. And but for you to flourish through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, for you to flourish and live the life that God desires for you because you have committed your life to Christ. And if you haven't, you are about to. You know why? I prayed for you. And so through that resurrection that Jesus, uh, that Jesus went through, he bought us the right and the life and the ability to live a flourishing life. And the way we're going to do it is by finding the word of God, finding the word of God that is written regarding any particular situation or circumstance that you are in. You allow the Holy Spirit to teach you to brood with you with the word over you, meaning in practical terms, it means maybe just reading that same verse over and over and over again and trying to understand it prayerfully. You pray and say, Holy Spirit, teach me. What can I learn from this word? Or maybe you're just reading your Bible randomly. Oh, that African girl said, I'm going to start reading the Bible. I'm not going to read the Bible. Oh, but, well, maybe I should just read it. And then you put it and you're reading it and you're like, what? What is this saying? 
once you're reading the Bible and you have a, what, what is this saying? That is a moment. That means God wants to draw your attention to something. So you sit with that verse and you begin to read it over and over again. And you begin to say, Holy Spirit, teach me. Holy Spirit, help me. God, what are you trying to say to me? And it, all of a sudden, you will get a unique insight, a revelation regarding that word. And once you get that revelation, you have everything you need regarding that situation. And then you take that word and you begin to agree with it. You be like Mary, say, be it unto me in accordance to your word. And the more you do that, you stay at it. And I show you, I guarantee it. See, I'm a scientist. I'm a social scientist. When we write our academic papers, we never guarantee anything. We just tell you that the probability that something is likely to happen is great at 95% confidence interval, right? Oh, but I stand here before you in the authority of the name of Jesus. I guarantee you 100% that that situation will change. Why? Because God's word never fails. So I'll use an example now. It's a scripture that I use to pray. I used to pray it randomly, my husband and I, over my kids. And then one day, the Holy Spirit just gave me a revelation regarding that scripture. And my, our lives have never been the same. Sometimes I look at my kids and I'm like, sorry for them. You know I'm sorry for them? I'm sorry for them sometimes because I'm thinking maybe in their minds they're thinking, oh, once I turn 18 and I leave this house, I'm just going to blah and blah and blah. Maybe do all the stuff that they think all their friends can't do. And I'm just like, yeah, I've prayed for you. Whatever the thing is, maybe your friends try to convince you to drink. You will hold the, or smoke, whatever it is. Or, I don't, you will hold it. You will not be able to hold it. Why? Because everything, I prayed for you before you were conceived. And after you came out, my son turned his face. You know why? He just had the maturation class last Friday. I'm sorry. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. So this is very real for him. Anyway, um. <laughs> I just prayed for him. So I've prayed for them. And because I've prayed and I've spoken God's word into their lives, into their future. Remember that even scientists are now realizing that the future and the past and all of that is all muddled together. It's a bowl of spaghetti, right? Right? So we've prayed for it. And so when you speak that word and you've declared it, then everything, everything, irrespective of what you are seeing, what you are feeling in this world that you can touch, that you can feel, that you have handled, will align itself with God's word. People of God, I stand with you and I humbly present this to you. Not to boast, not to show off, not to, not to do anything outside of, I don't know. It is because this is what I have touched. This is what I have handled. This is what I have tasted. It is not theory. This is a principle by which I live my life. All right? So a scripture that I'm going to use to share, to give an example for us now is Luke chapter 5. No, not Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. This is a scripture that you can use to, I'm just using it as an example. Like if you want to change something in your life, or you want creation, you want to create something, or, or a situation is occurring, and it's not going the way it's going, and you just really want to just speak into the, speak into the life of the person. Right, that you are, you, are, you are affiliated with. I prayed it over my husband, poor guy. I prayed it over my, my kids. I prayed it in every. I prayed over every situation where I need to birth something. All right, it is a way to pray. It is not the only way to pray. 
We pray and we communicate with God in different ways, right? But this particular way is a way to pray when you want to change a situation, when you want to birth something, all right? So this, so this is an example of how this is done. Before I do that, let me issue another disclaimer, all right? We're talking about how you can brood with the Holy Spirit on a scripture and be able to use it to pray, right? And try to figure out or figure out what what uh, scripture you need to pray about a situation. You can do it simply by just Googling and say scriptures about anxiety or scriptures about sickness or whatever it is your situation might be, right? But the Holy Spirit also moves in different ways. One way, primary way in which the Holy Spirit does this through me is if somebody comes and tells me a situation, I simply close my eyes and I begin to pray in the spirit. Oof, did she go there? I know there are many of us in the room who are in different areas, spectrum on this particular issue. I am not a theologian. I have not been to seminary. I can only tell you what I have experienced. And I understand that an end of one, a sample of one, doesn't mean that's how God does it with everyone. But I can only share with you my experience, what I've seen. I gave my life to Christ when I was five years old. My big sister, who was 12 years old, went to school. Some teacher taught them about the Holy Spirit and how you should give your life to Christ. So she came home and gathered all the little kids together and preached to us. And then we gave our lives to Christ. And then she decided to just move into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. She had just been taught that morning in Bible study club at school. Right, where, where in the country I was born in. And so she did it. And as she did it, I began to have this conversion experience. Where I began to see all the sins I had ever committed. The times I went to the kitchen, opened the pot of stew, and took a piece of meat and ate it. Flashed before my eyes. <gasps> The other time that I hid my younger sister's socks. I have a younger sister who's just a year and a half younger than I am. So we're kind of like twins, but we're always like this when we're growing up. So sometimes when we're trying to get ready to go to school and, she's, and I'm behind and then I'll get yelled at by my mom, I might take her socks and hide it so that she'll find time to, she'll have to look for her socks. And so she'll be behind and then I'll help her find it after. Flashed before my eyes. <laughs> and I began to repent and I began to cry. I was like, God, I have sinned. Save me. And I gave my life to Christ, repented. And as she did, I began to, she, she, my sister began to do this baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm not even sure she understood what she was doing. She was 12, or maybe she did. She doesn't remember this, actually. And then she said, pray in the Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you up. And as, she feel, as the Holy Spirit fills you up, you will begin to hear words, begin to speak it. And as I prayed, Holy Spirit fill me up. I began to hear this verse, go in my native tongue, glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. So I was saying it over and over again, and then there was silence, and I was silent. And then I began to hear some phrases. I still remember them. And as a five-year-old, I began to speak them. And as I began to speak them, I felt the presence of God with me. And after we were done, she said, now that you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, make sure you pray in tongues in the morning and in the evening. You wake up, you pray in tongues. In the evening, you pray in tongues. And that was it. She never followed up. She didn't even check to see if my face was going well on it. But she gave me that instruction. And I followed it all my life. I would wake up in the morning praying in the spirit, wake up in the evening, before I go to bed, praying in the spirit as well. And as a result of that, I've prayed in tongues all my life. So whenever a situation occurs that I need, and we were going to an Anglican church, that was like an Episcopalian church at the time. So it's not like some major evangelists came and did anything. This was just my own experience. So since then, whenever I need to pray about a situation, you should tell me what your issue is. I just pray in the spirit. I pray in the spirit. Maybe I do weird stuff, I don't know. But I just pray in the spirit and zone out. And then I hear a scripture. Right? And then I, once I hear that scripture, it might be like Isaiah 32 something. 
or it might be a, an actual quotation of the verse. And then I just know that that's the verse we need to use to be able to address that situation. And then I prayed, all right? That's not how it's going to happen for everybody. It might never have happened to anybody else that way, but this is the way I, I had learned it, all right? Of course, there are other ways as well when you just study the word and something jumps out at you. But I issue all that disclaimer to say that we're going to pray now because I'm going to give an example of how to pray with Luke chapter 2, verse 52, right? And in the process of doing that, I might pray in tongues, not because I want to offend anybody here who thinks we should not do so. It's just because that's how I've always prayed. I'm not going to tell you my age, but my daughter is 13 years old. So it's going to be really hard for me to not suddenly burst out into tongues as we're praying right now. But let's look at Luke chapter 2, verse 52. And this is where it ties back to the family. Some of us here, we need to pray for our children. We need to pray for siblings. We need to pray for spouses. This is a scripture that you can use to do that effectively. Luke chapter 2, verse 52 says, And Jesus grew. Oof. The Bible says that Jesus is the pattern son. He is the example. He came to walk this earth to show us how to live our lives. And if that's the case, anything that happens to Jesus, by logic, should be able to happen to me. Right? He's the example, right? The Bible says, and Jesus grew. And Jesus grew. So if I were praying about my business right now, maybe it had been stagnant, I would say, my father, my God, your word says, Jesus grew. He is my example. He's the embodiment of the life that I'm supposed to live. Lord, I speak over this business. God knows what LLC. I declare in the name of Jesus, you grow. God said, let there be light. And there was light. I speak over you. You grow. For my kids, when they were babies, I would look at them. And Jesus grew. I declare concerning you, Audrey, you grow. I declare concerning you, Andrew, you grow. Nothing about you will be stagnant. Or maybe I'm praying for a group of believers. I declare concerning you children of God that are gathered here. Oh, you begin to grow in the name of Jesus. In your walk with God, you grow in the name of Jesus. In your relationships, you grow in the name of Jesus. Right? And Jesus grew. Those are just the first three words of that verse. But it says, and Jesus grew in wisdom. <gasps> Jesus grew in wisdom. And so I declare over my children intellectual capability. Jesus was wise. He wasn't just smart. He was even wise. I declare concerning you, even as Jesus grew in wisdom, Audrey, you grow in wisdom in the name of Jesus. Andrew, even as Jesus grew in wisdom, you grow in, 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 in wisdom in the name of Jesus. Your intellectual capability exceeds the mean by at least three standard deviations in the name of Jesus. <laughs> my research begins to come into some of that, right? I begin to declare that you are outstanding in the name of Jesus. In your intellectual capability, in your academic capability, you grow in the name of Jesus. So wisdom in that area embodies intellectual capability, academic performance, your ability to engage with knowledge, with understanding. And then, of course, you can find a whole bunch in Daniel that you can add to it. It says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, <gasps> physically too. And so I stand in the place of prayer and I declare concerning my children, physically you grow in the name of Jesus. As God designed your body before sin entered this world, that is how your body functions in the name of Jesus. You are healthy on it. And then sometimes, I actually went at some point in time and uh, Googled and figured out all the different body systems that the body comprises of. And then I'll say your respiratory system functions well in the name of Jesus. Your, your I don't know, digestive system, your circulatory. And then I declare that regarding the stature, that's their physical body. 
So I've prayed for their intellectual capability, right? I've prayed for their physical bodies, right? It says, and Jesus grew in, start, in wisdom and stature in favor with God. <gasps> in their spiritual relationship with God. In their spiritual selves, I begin to declare that they have intimacy with God in the name of Jesus. You have favor with God in the name of Jesus. God looks upon you and favors you in the name of Jesus. I declare that you, you are a lover of God in the name of Jesus. Even if you wanted to walk away from him, nothing, nothing will be so attractive that you walk away from him. Why? Because you are increasing in favor with God. And then finally, and man, socially. So I'm praying for them intellectually in wisdom. In stature physically, right? In their spiritual growth, their work with God. And then with man, in favor with man socially. And the way I pray that, I'll say, I declare in the name of Jesus. Your teachers look upon you, they favor you in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Your friends favor you in the name of Jesus. You develop amazing social skills in the name of Jesus. You will not be one of those Christians that don't know how to engage with people in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I was one of those types of Christians. I was just like, Jesus, Jesus. I was like, why do I need to talk to people? Right? <laughs> Right? And so you use that scripture and you pray it. And, you, and in that way, you've been able to pray it over your children, your, their intellectual lives, their spiritual lives, their um, uh, intellectual life, spiritual life, no, intellectual life, physical body, spiritual life, and their social life, all covered. And then I just prayed it over them. And guess what? This same scripture, you can pray it over your business, right? You can pray it over your church. You can pray it over anything that you want to be able to see that sort of growth over because they all apply. So people of God, with five minutes that we have left, because we're almost, we're practically out of time. I want us to just rise up now. And we're going to pray this scripture. And you're going to pray it with faith in your heart. Why? Because you are created in the image and the likeness of God. Even if you wanted to be something else, you cannot. You know why? On this day, at least you cannot. Because every single one of you here, I prayed for you. I want, you to, I want us to stand up right now and lift up our voices and begin to declare concerning yourself. I want you to take this scripture. Please, let's leave the scripture on the screen. And begin to declare in the name of Jesus. Whether it's your children, whether it's your spouse, it's your business, whatever it is, begin to declare in the name of Jesus that you see that sort of growth that you desire in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus grew. These people, these aspects of your life, they grow in the name of Jesus. Please, let us begin to pray right now in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to shut up. I'm just going to keep talking. So I want us to just begin to pray, right? Let faith arise in your heart. Begin to declare in the name of Jesus concerning your children that they grow in wisdom they grow in, in, in stature they grow in, in, in favor with God and with man declare that their intellectual capabilities are beyond what they could ever have imagined in the name of Jesus begin to declare that their bodies begin to function just the way God designed them to be in the name of Jesus because the words that you're speaking they are not in vain the words that you're speaking cannot return to God void see this word is a word from God this is something he said from his mouth it is from the Bible and Jesus grew Jesus is your example. He came to walk this earth so that we can know how to walk this earth. So you have every right to expect that everything that happened to Jesus in the way he lived his life is made manifest in your life. Oh, my Father, my God, I thank you. Rema sheke tendebo susia le gradesha tada bihala bramadish ke tendebo zate. 
Lord, I praise your holy name, O oh God, for your children that are here today. For every man, for every woman who is here today, O oh God. Lord, I declare in the name of Jesus, in their relationship with you, O oh God, they grow. Oh, Remadeshe Ketedebosusye Lebregedeusha, I declare that they grow in wisdom. They grow in stature. They grow in favor with you. They grow in favor with man in the name of Jesus. Lord, I declare concerning them, concerning the issues that are bothering them, O oh God, that they experience that growth that you have designed for them, O oh Lord. Jesus is the pattern son. They are the example that they are following. Your word cannot return to you, boy. You are not a man that you should lie. Neither are you the son of man that you should repent. If you have said it, you will bring it to pass. Lord, I declare concerning your people, concerning the issues that are bothering them, every man, every Every woman here today, every boy and every girl, Lord, I declare that they receive everything that you have for them, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. They grow in wisdom. They grow in stature. They grow in favor with you. Oh, God. I pray that they become intimate with you, oh God. That they will know you and the joy of your salvation. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. I don't take this opportunity to talk with you for granted. Thank you very much, Pastor Trey. Amazing. That's an E Kids every week. <laughs> Oh, Buki, thank you for letting the Lord use you today. What a powerful word. I love the fact that because of Jesus, uh, we now can walk in the power. The, the power of the pulpit has been transferred to the people is basically what I'm hearing this morning from Buki. And I feel so empowered. I'm going to go create some things this afternoon. I'm going to just make a list of all my prayer requests, find the scriptures for them, and I'm going to start to pray, pray through that. Um, Thank you, Buki, again. I just want you guys to, this week in your prayer time, I'm going to give you a prayer focus. On top of all the things you're going to be praying about, I would like you to pray for e-kids. Can we do that? We just had a staff meeting this week, and one of our focuses as a church, I believe that's the next level for us to really grow and become what God wants us to become, is we need to see some change and transition in e-kids. We need to see more volunteers. We need to see more children back there. We need to be able to split the rooms. There's so much in my heart and Carrie's heart for what God is going to do in E-Kids. So will you guys find scripture about the children and pray over children and E-Kids? And if you're not volunteering, as Buki wonderfully stated today, we've got a place for you. E-Kids is going to be uh, really popping in the next couple of weeks. The Lord has established it in this church. So why don't we bow our heads? I'm going to close this out with prayer. As Buki was speaking, you may have heard a, a wonderful sermon with an accent, but what you really heard was the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Maybe you're here this morning and you just sense a need to come home, a need to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you've never really tapped into the authority and the power of Jesus Christ, the, of the cross, the crucifixion, and the resurrection. You've never tapped into the resurrection power, and you're ready to say yes to Jesus this morning. If you're in the room or you're watching online, no one's looking around. 
But will you just let me know who I'm praying for? If you're ready to say yes to Jesus, will you just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for? Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. All right, there's three in the room. If you're online, go ahead and raise your hand wherever you are, Starbucks, McDonald's, in your bedroom, just raise your hand if you're ready to say yes to Jesus. There is no formal prayer for it. It's just an act of surrender. You just say something similar to this if you'll repeat after me. Father, I know that I'm a sinner, and I come to you today ready to be made new. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross, that he's the son of God. He was placed in a tomb and he rose again. I received the free gift of salvation. And from this moment, my life will never be the same. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate the decisions for Jesus this morning? If you said yes, text next NEXT to 512-980-1220. We love you guys. We will see you Wednesday at 630 for Awaken or next Sunday, 1030 a.m. for service. Now that you've been to church, Michael, go be the church. We love you guys.